What is up, everybody? You are listening to Curious with Jake Heilbrunn, and I am your host. This show is all about sitting down with people I find curious and having real, raw conversations to understand what goes on in their mind. How do these people think? What struggles are they facing, and how do they overcome obstacles? And most importantly, we're going to keep it real. My favorite conversations are the ones where we talk about the shadow as well as the light. I want to know about these people's fears and insecurities and doubts just as much as I want to hear about their successes and wins, because this is what I believe empowers us to recognize that we're all humans doing the best we can and that understanding these things allows us to feel acceptance about where we are right now and we can have some tools and takeaways from these people to improve our lives. Today's guest is Jacqueline Umoff, who goes by the name Action Jacqueline on social media. Jacqueline is a world-renowned yoga and fitness instructor, former professional ballerina and Laker girl, and Instagram personality. She holds certifications in Pilates, bar, and kundalini yoga, and is the founder of the Get Stretchy Yoga and Fitness Program and the Stretchy Fit app. Yes, she has lots of accolades and accomplishments, yet the thing I find most fascinating about Jacqueline is her spiritual approach to fitness and life. She truly embodies a unified mind-body-spirit philosophy to everything she does. She's helped hundreds of thousands of people heal pain, reduce stress, and form a deeper connection with their body. And she does this all from a place of true power and authenticity. In this episode, we talk about a lot of things, and it really comes back to listening to your body and mind and taking the necessary steps to transcend limiting beliefs and experience bliss in godlike states, if you will. We talk about panic attacks, the desire for control, and the importance of letting it go to relinquish anxiety. We dive really deep into the mind-body connection and how to use and move the body and breathe to feel happier, healthier, and experience higher states of consciousness. This episode was a ton of fun, and it honestly gets way better as it goes, so stay tuned as we hit a really nice flow and go into some deep stuff, which I love. So please, without further ado, welcome to today's episode with Jacqueline Umoff. Well, thanks for being here today. Yes. And so my first question for you is, you've been like a pro ballerina, Uh Laker girl, doing all these crazy yogi movements, but where (laughs) did the love for movement start? Um, It was really an escape for me. It was a place where I felt totally in control. I felt... Um, really connected and grounded. Um, it was it was like my safe haven growing up, and it just continued on with that. And then it, it's like as I became more and more into it, like the feeling of um, achievement became really appealing to me. The feeling of growing, the feeling of like actually feeling strong in my own body, like I started to feel all of the hard work pay off and then it was like oh this is amazing like the feeling of knowing that when you put time into something that you you get results and you get to like feel proud like I always felt really proud and accomplished of what I was doing and even at a young age and so I just like I loved the feeling but I mean initially when I first wanted to get into ballet was when I watched Phantom of the Opera classic (laughs) the musical and like we went how old were you I was like 
seven or eight. Maybe, I think I was like eight because I remember mm. thinking, oh, eight, like nine is kind of old for a ballerina to start. I know because normally they start at like three. Yeah, I feel like there are people who go like out of the womb. They're yeah, dancing. and at eight, they're already a soloist. Um, but I got to somehow, of course, like my parents like got us in backstage and I got to like get the one of the slippers, like one of the toe shoes from – one one of their the dancers and they all signed it so I got to like meet all the ballerinas and I just like I remember I went home and I put them on in my room even though I had no idea how to use them but I just would like get up on my tippy toes and I was like oh my god this is so cool like I just I loved it so I was like I just was begging to be into ballet and so that was the moment where you were like I want to be I want to do this yeah, I, I was I was doing gymnastics at the time, and then my mom actually like pulled me out because because um, I had slipped on the vault, and there was a few times where I had like really close accidents, and my coach had like caught me, and I was like two seconds away from breaking my neck, and it's like you know like gymnastics. Gymnastics is a real thing. Yeah, it's like it's it's crazy. I guess my mom watched this documentary or something that called like little girl in pretty boxes. And it was about all these like gymnasts that <laughs> got hurt growing up in training that like no one ever talks about. Um, so then I was like trying to find something else to do. And I was always very active, like really just like outside, like doing something like going boogie boarding, like whatever it may be. Like I was just like a very active, fearless kid. So yeah, just like I just loved the beauty of the ballerinas. Huh. And did your parents, like, were you, were they pressuring you to go into sports or was it kind of no, just like? Um, no, no, not at all. And I think, like, the, I realize now, too, like, I was kind of, like, supposed to be the boy of the family. Like, they had the third kid to hopefully, like, have a boy. Oh, you have two older sisters? Yeah, I have two older sisters. And then... um yeah, I don't know. I, like, it was kind of a joke where it's like we would get the a shirt and, you know, it would be like, oh, it's the whole family, but it would always be like two girls and a boy, you know? And, and like, you try to find these mugs that have like the bears or whatever it is. And it was like, there was never three girls. It was like two girls and a boy. And so they'd be like, oh, Jack, where's the boy? I don't know. It's really strange. But then I, I just was like, it almost was, I don't know what came first, if I just like kind of fell into the role of being like more active or fearless or if it was just me and it happened to be like that where I wanted to be outside like going rollerblading or biking or doing something active. Um, maybe a little bit of both. I don't know. Interesting. Yeah. <laughs> and when you like, when you were transitioning from high school to college, mm -hmm. did you know you wanted to be like a professional yeah, dancer? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. At that point, I was like so in it. I was training every single day. I never partied once in high school. Like I went to one party and that was graduation night. Um, and that was it. But like Monday through Saturday, I was in ballet every day, every night. Monday through Saturday, wow. Yeah, because then we would have shows on the weekends too, and I was rehearsing, and um, and then I was also playing the violin, so I was in an orchestra. So I was like so diligent in high school, and I actually was in a company, and I wanted to stay and perform in the company because when you're like actually there, I couldn't ever get any soloist parts because you had to be homeschooled. But oh, wow. yeah, my parents were like, no, you're not going to be homeschooled. And so I was like, okay, well then, you know, at least like after high school, I was like, this is all I want to do. And I was auditioning for all these colleges that had dance schools in it. But I was like, I just want to dance. And then, um, and then I ended up getting a scholarship to USC because I went to this really, uh, like an academic prep school for our high school. It was a college preparatory school. It was a boarding school. And my dad was like, so I got really oh, good wait, grades. So you went to boarding school for high school? 
Yeah, but I lived at home. Okay, gotcha. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But everyone else was a boarder. And so you would commute from home. Yeah, but it was like five minutes. It was like in the area. Gotcha. And then um, my dad was like, well, because I got a merit scholarship that paid for half of the tuition at USC. And he's like, no, you're going to college. And if you want to dance after, then you can dance after. So then that's what I did. I ended up going to USC. But then I ended up um, auditioning for song the, the song girl team. And I, I wasn't a cheerleader, though. I was, like, very much, like, I'm a ballerina. You know, cheerleading is, like, ballerinas kind of, like, put their noses up to cheerleaders. Really? No way. <laughs> well, because ballet is so intense, and you, like, it's so much foundation, and, like, yeah. So I remember I was, like, I'm not a cheerleader. <laughs> and then my roommate at the time was auditioning. She's, like, come with me. Come with me. Like, it'll just be a fun dance class. Like, at least we'll just, like – you know, learn some dances, it'll be fun. And so I went and I was like, okay, fine. And then I went and then I ended up making the team for song. And then that got me into cheering. And I was like, I told him in the interview too, I was like, I've never hold a, held a pair of pom-poms before. <laughs> like, I don't know if you know that. And they're like, that's fine. That's the easy part. Like, you know how to dance. You have the foundations of ballet. We want girls with more technique. Like, we'll, che we'll teach you how to like actually use the palms. And so I was like, okay. And it was like a very prestigious spot, like only 12 girls and like. Yeah, USC is a huge football school. Yeah, so. yeah. And so like we were just, it, that was just such a wild ride. Like of, we were national champions like year after year after year. Was this the year Reggie Bush was there? Yeah, now that, then everyone like, knows that my age. Everyone knows? <laughs> Spoiler well, alert. I know. <laughs> Yeah, so that's uh, so we were. It was like a crazy time. We were on like every news channel, every like Fox Sports show. Like it was just this wild ride. Like going to every away game, and oh man, that was like a crazy couple of years. Yeah, I can imagine. Yeah, like I didn't. I didn't really ever get that into football, but I remember like the Longhorns playing the Trojans. Oh, like, when I we remember lost. that game. Yeah. yeah. And, like, the, the whole Reggie Bush era was, like, a huge thing. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and that game we lost. And I remember we had – I had never cheered where we lost. And we were all, like, on the field, like, what do we do? You're like, like what wait, do, we only know what to what do. What do we do? Win. Yeah, because we always would just go out and celebrate, and we'd have this whole post-game, like, dancing, and the, the band would come down to the field, and we'd have a whole post-game performance. And then after, we were, like – like what do we do and then our coaches were like you have to get off the field and we're like no like <laughs> where's the dance part coming yeah in? we were it was so sad it was so so sad and that was my last game i remember a few girls on the team were crying and it was just like that was a really sad night i remember really sad hmm. but it's okay <laughs> i'm okay now you recovered from yeah. that experience good i'm happy to hear that yeah um so from from like uh, college, mm -hmm. when like graduation time came, were you like dead set on what you knew what you wanted to do? Or was it like, I have no idea what was next? No, I had no idea what I wanted to do. Really? So the initial dream of like for sure dance. Yeah, it's, it's crazy. Like I've always had this dual personality where I also really loved business too. I loved business. My dad was an entrepreneur. My mom helped run the business. My dad had... Uh, it was a medical business, but it was it was really successful. And my dad would always say things like, you know, make money while you sleep. And um, my parents really pushed education and all that. Like my other sister's a doctor too. My dad's a doctor. Like we're just like they very much push like 
business and education and like you can do anything you want in life anything is possible like my mom would say if you want to be the next female president you can be it why not like anything is possible so I always grew up with that mentality Mm. and I'm so thankful because now I realize like that's so rare actually um like I remember someone was going to interview me on their blog and they wanted they asked me like has anyone ever told you you can't do it you know tell us a story of that time and I was like I actually don't have a story for you. I'm sorry. Well, you know what? Honestly, that's kind of like nice to hear because I think like we gravitate towards the stories of like you got knocked down 19 times and got up the 20th. And like, of course, that's amazing. And it's everyone does have like different stories and backgrounds. And even with that comes a whole new set of like challenges, you know? Yeah. Yeah. It's like I almost like would go around thinking like, oh, I don't have like a sob story. I don't have hurdles I didn't come from a poor background or I did like I I almost started to feel really guilty about it so then again you like yeah you create your own problems and then I'm like I would walk around being you know because I wanted to be inspirational and all these things and I was like but I I don't know how to motivate people because they're gonna just think oh I was privileged or you were given dance lessons like I didn't have to work at the front desk to like earn my dance and all these stories that you hear and I'm like I don't have a story yeah and then I felt kind of like unworthy of like sharing the story because I felt like oh this isn't inspirational enough to just tell people that I got to go to ballet and then got to try like you know that was I totally do it and why I like lit up when you said that was because like I feel like I've come a long way from that initial feeling but Mm. I remember feeling guilty like I remember like crying when I was nine years old with my mom and I was like I just didn't understand like why I could play soccer and then these other kids in Kenya like couldn't and I ended up doing this whole bar mitzvah (laughs) project for it but like even well like that was cute but as like I grew older (laughs) yeah and in other things like and I'm still working through this especially money is like the big thing that I'm currently working through of of, like up leveling my belief systems but it's kind of like this guilt of like I feel like people Mm. tend to hype me up more than I hype myself and I'm like oh but I had it it's like I'm almost um, what's the word I'm like justifying why I'm not as like if someone's like you're awesome I'm like well like I'm actually not because like I had this like thing instead you know because I had help or I had support or yeah yeah isn't that crazy how yeah that's like this the typical narrative but we're all coming from completely different realities so we're all gonna have our own unique you know challenges and, and stories that we're creating in our head that make yeah. no sense. Yeah, and I I realized when um in uh just sharing my story like with other people, I remember one time I shared a story with this girl who like really really struggled, and I was and she was you know abused by her father, and she was like homeless for a little bit, and she'd have like all the struggles and the hardships that you would hear about that I've only heard about, I've never experienced, I've never even really known anyone to have experiences like that. And then I was sharing her my story and I felt like kind of embarrassed because I was like, I've had it so easy or like, you know, like all those kinds of stories that I had. And then she at the end was like, wow, that was so inspirational. Like I've never heard, I've never heard of a family like loving each other like that or a family of supporting each other. And I was like, oh wow like and she's like and then when you said you know you wanted to be a Laker girl so you just went and auditioned and you did it and then like you didn't make it the first time and then you went back again like and you were determined and so I realized at that moment I was like wow I'm totally I'm totally undercutting myself in the type of inspiration I can give because I was feeling like embarrassed to tell her my story because it's like wow she's had real struggles like 
what am I going to offer in this conversation, you know? And, um, and then when she said that, I was like, wow, just even, yeah, talking about love, talking about support, like the, the beliefs that my parents instilled in me, like that is, that is inspirational. And that is something to talk about. Like, oh, this is possible, right? Like this is something that you can develop in your own family or know that exists. Yeah. And I think, like what I'm hearing is like when you own your story, yeah. When you whatever your story is, when you own it, that yeah. is when you step into your power because you do not have control over how fucking Bob over there is going to react yeah. to your story. But like, there's the whole for every action, there's an opposite and equal reaction. Yeah. Like you know, I, I write a lot of the emails for a company, and I write the same email, and one person's like, "This is awesome. I love you guys." Another person's like, "Get me the f off this list. I'm reporting you to yeah. like." whoever you report to for emails yeah. and like I literally sent you both the exact same email but it's like not my responsibility to like yeah that's you know. huge not your responsibility and that's like a big lesson that I'm like still learning right like on Sunday I gave a big workshop to 50 people and like every single nerve you could possibly think of came up and it was like and I realized what it was is I wanted to control everybody's experience who was listening to my to my workshop when I thought about it you know like all 50 people I wanted them all to like me I wanted them to all have a transformational experience I wanted to like control control them like I and I was getting I had so much anxiety over that fact because I realized it was like anticipatory anxiety like trying to anticipate every single person's response and reaction and so I once I like journaled about it and talked to friends and mentors and I was like holy crap like I'm trying to control all of their outcomes and like I can't and and that's what even on social media right like you're trying to control everyone's response to you you're trying to like you're, you're trying to get them get something from them or you're trying to manipulate them into something whether it's liking you or buying something or whatever it is and I'm like this is why I feel exhausted sometimes, <laughs> right? Because I'm trying to control my surrounding and you can't, mm-hmm. you can't. And that control, it's almost like coming from a place of like wanting the validation, right? Yeah. As opposed to, because like I, you know, struggle with this. When I post on Instagram, I'm like, the for me, when it feels the best is I get that like dopamine rush where I like put something that's like, in my heart and I just share it. Yeah. And then I'm like, I've literally done this. I share it and I and close. delete, I don't de- no, I delete the app oh. and I oh. make a rule. I'm like, <laughs> I've posted some stuff where I'm like, I just did a plant medicine ceremony or like I felt unworthy my whole life. Like stuff that's like genuinely, I'm like, I actually feel uncomfortable, but I also have a gut feeling of like, this is my truth and I feel called to share it. Mm. I've done it twice where I literally delete the app and I'm like, I'm not checking till tomorrow. Wow. Cause I was like, you know, but as opposed to like, you know, this is what, I'm, and I really want to ask you about this. Yeah. Um, like the energy behind these tools of like social media. Yeah. Like you can read the authenticity and like where a post is coming from. Like I even know if I'm posting and I'm like kind of like wanting likes or whatever, it's like I'm like, oh, people like it's almost like not that they know that, but it's such a different energy that I oh, even, yeah. or maybe I'm just like overthinking it. It's just my perception <laughs> of it, which totally could be happening, but it's always from like intention, intention. Yeah. And with you, I think this is something I want to ask you because, you know, not that many people have like you have over half a million on Instagram. You have other big communities. How do you stay healthy, (laughs) like from a emotional and mental standpoint? Like, how do you use social media? Yeah, it's crazy because actually, just on Sunday, I talked about this in my workshop. Like, I like opened it up and I had people actually first like. 
go into their settings of their phone and see like how much screen time they had just to like to look at that. just to become aware like it's mm-hmm. not bad or good but the point is is like when you take when you just take an inventory and you just and you and and you objectively look you're like you create awareness right and awareness is the first step to creating any sort of change or behavioral change or belief system that you have so yeah, at first everyone was like, "Oh, I feel bad. I feel bad." I was like, "No, don't feel bad. Trust me. Like, I'm a, I'm also a social media influencer. I want you to be on your phone. You know, like I want you to be using your phone." But um, my point is that like what I realized when I took a step back is because over the over the summer just recently, um, I was actually like for the past four years my Instagram has been booming like crazy. It like almost kind of like wow, how did this happen kind of thing? Like, I didn't even know this was, I, I didn't even think of getting this many followers and and all of that. And um, and then all of a sudden, um, I got, like, my followers, and, and this has never happened, over the summer, they just started dropping. Like, As crazy. in your account started going na- like, like, the numbers. Backwards. Yeah, like, I started losing. So not losing. the growth went, but, like, literally it started going backwards. Yeah, like, I started losing huh. followers. And that's never happened to me before. And I had like all these things of like, oh my gosh, like maybe maybe people are getting kicked off Instagram or like I'm trying to like yeah. maybe the algorithm or, you know, and, and I was like, this is crazy. And then there was like anxiety and then there was all this like, what am I going to do? Who am I? Like if I'm not like a social media influencer, like it, and it was just I, like I went through all these emotions and I was thinking, I mean, I felt embarrassed too because I was like, what if someone sees my Instagram and they see that I'm going down or like what if someone, what if my sponsors see this or what if like all these things, right? Like the fear of being abandoned, the fear of like not being liked, like the fear of like feeling out of control and then also feeling powerless. And then I was like, oh, I have felt powerless before. Like this feeling actually is familiar to me it's just showing up in a different way now it's just showing up here in my Instagram I've never felt it in Instagram but I have felt it in with people I have felt it in different situations in my life and so then I was like it was an awareness where I was like oh this is this is like this is a pattern like this is a, a lesson that's like coming back into my life again where I'm giving my power away like I'm trying to like let my outside circumstances determine how I feel because I felt so powerless I felt so like just out of control and it was such a good wake-up call to be like oh this is like a lesson again right like these lessons come up to us for us to like learn the exact opposite to really show us like you're not powerless you know like I can't depend on Instagram for my sole value in life like if Instagram were to die tomorrow I'm still me and so I had to reconnect with who I am like who am I like what am I offering into this world like what what are my true gifts and that sounds so um it could be like common sense you would say people be like oh of course but like when you're in it and you're watching those numbers go down and they just keep going down and they keep going down and you post and you lose more followers and your engagement's going down it's like whoa like what am I gonna do my entire life is based around this right now my income my like my programs my sponsors even friends like relationships like all of that and then I and then I just had to like reconnect and plug myself back into me and be like who am I what is my purpose like why am I on here again what am I doing here like what is it that I want to achieve in this life like what are my gifts what like who am I 
without Instagram. And so I had to plug myself back into that and like build myself back up and be like, I am powerful. I can create whatever I want. Like I created this dip. This was a lesson for me to learn again, like that I am powerful, that I can, that I can do whatever I want, that I have gifts to share. And then it's like, well, what do I really want to share? What is my intention for being on Instagram? And it's to help people. It's to transform lives. It's to, to wake them up to different um, lessons, even just like the one I just learned or like what the workshop that I had on was all about emotions being stored in the body and how that's affecting your health and how we need to process them. And, um, and like in this time of reflection, I also gave myself time to do more research, to learn about this topic, about emotions being stored in the body. Um, and then I got completely reinvigorated and re-inspired and I came up with new posts and cause at first I was like, F Instagram, I'm just going to go to YouTube. I don't care. And then someone said, you know, like wherever you are though, like wherever you go, there you are. That, yeah. <laughs> you're just going to bring whatever problems you brought to Instagram. You're going to bring them to YouTube. So he was like, you better figure out <laughs> your shit. Like what's going on yeah. there? Cause you're just going to bring the same thing over to YouTube. And I was like. Like I was trying to run away. I was like really trying to run away from my problems. And I noticed the stories I was telling myself like, you know, gosh, it seems like there has to always be something going wrong in my life. I like caught myself saying that. Like again, awareness. And I was like, whoa, where did that come from? And I like wrote it down and then I like try to like dissect it and like put it on trial and be like, is this really my belief system? Like do I believe that something always has to be going wrong? Um, so it was a chance for me to, to get into my belief system, see what's going on and, and plug back into my intention and my purpose. And then as soon as I did that, everything flipped around on Instagram. It's crazy. Like it's nothing crazy, but it's fully not crazy. I know. Like, like the Instagram, the algorithm didn't change. Nothing changed. All of a sudden, like my engagements back up, the comments are back up. My Instagram grew by a couple thousand. It was like. This is crazy. Like this life is a game for us to play. <laughs> it's just like it was it was a little a little like trippy like whoa. I am this powerful, you know. And here's my question. When you did connect back with like your intention and your purpose, did you find that you actually didn't care about what was happening externally? Like or at least you cared less? Yeah. It it wasn't it, it was less about like how many numbers am I going to get? How many likes am I going to get? And it was about what can I teach people in this? What, how can I change people's lives? And doing the live workshop, reconnecting with human beings because I've just been online for so, so long. Like doing the workshop and, and connecting with humans like face-to-face and seeing them transform also really helped me that like each number that you see on a post is a person. Like it's an actual So easy to person. just forget that. Yeah, like the, these people be like, oh, I only got like 200. I'm like, that's still 200 people. There's 200 Try people. Try speaking to a room with 200 people. Like yeah, you'll feel yeah. their presence <laughs> there for sure. Yeah, that's true. If you're like actually there. And so, um, yeah, I the intention was so different. And I was so excited about the content too. I think I kind of got burnt out with the content. And I was like, okay, here's another like stretch. Or I don't know, here's like a thing you can do on the street. Or do this like shoulder thing. You know, I was like kind of like, here, this will help. It was that like that kind of attitude. Yeah. And then when I got re-inspired and I was like well what can I what else like it was a chance for me to reinvent myself but at first I was like I don't want to have to reinvent myself or this feels tiring or I want to blame something but it's like no it's it's me like 
how can I reinvent myself? How can I get excited about this? Like, how can I, like, I, 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 and then I got so excited about it again. I was like, well, I do have a platform and I do have a responsibility to these people and I do get to reinvent myself. Like, I, I get to, like, be creative again and re-inspire myself and, um, yeah, it's a crazy roller coaster. <laughs> yeah, and, like, to unpack what you just said to me is super interesting because, whether people have their Instagram or it's something else, like we don't fucking like change. When things are going good, and I say good because like not even amazing, but when we just get adjusted to like the way something is going and then all of a sudden it starts dipping, like we just had an employee uh, resign like last, or like a week and a half ago, Uh almost two weeks ago, and she'd only been with us a month. And we had this like literally before we got on the phone with her, we had like, we mapped out this whole thing where like she's going to step into this and we like made her whole plan. We're like stoked. Then she like drops that news on us. And then me and my business partner, we have a belief that like everyone, when everyone follows their intuition, that's the best thing for the company. That's the best thing for the company. So like to be like, okay, her leaving is actually the best thing for her. It's the best thing for the company. And I found like, actually, interestingly, usually like I would find my anxiety going through the roof. Maybe it was because like Mm. burnt out on a Friday. I really just felt like super calm. I was like, okay. And then... Monday, I started feeling the anxiety because I think I just needed a break for the weekend. But then when I looked at that situation, I was like, okay, we ended up shifting an entire process in our business and like it ended up making me feel on fire. But I think it's that first part of, okay, life is happening. You can say it's happening to you or it's happening for you. And if you do believe it's happening for you, whether you're losing you know, income on a business or like someone leaves, whether it's a relationship or in your business, it's like, okay, like this is the universe presenting another opportunity for it to get even better. Right. And I'm saying this like to pump myself up because like this is going to happen. <laughs> like life is lifing. Like it's going to happen tomorrow <laughs> or next week, yeah. you know, like it's, you can't escape that. Yeah. But what I think is, is to your point is like having the awareness to like dive into like that darkness, you know? Yeah. It's like, okay, you could be like, oh, my numbers are dropping on Instagram. Like, but like you're like no, I feel powerless. I'm gonna open that door, and that's the fucking hard thing to do. It was it was hard, it was really hard. Like I broke down crying, and I was like, I feel, I I, I also just like wanted to be in it. Like I wanted to blame everybody. I was like, Instagram sucks. Like the algorithm sucks. Like people are so lazy. They don't want to do anything for their health. It's their fault. Like I just wanted to blame, 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 like, right. Just deflect off of myself. And so luckily, like I, I have the wherewithal, like the awareness. That's what I always say, like to, and, and also my body was reacting too. that's why like my hamstrings were getting super tight. My hamstrings never get tight. You like teach people how I to, teach like how to not stretch. get their hamstrings tight. Yeah, that's, but like I, that's what you do. But that's what I find is so fascinating. That's what I've brought more into my work. And it was almost like a, it, it was almost like a gift from God, where it was like literally like the topic of what was what I was going to talk about in my workshop is what was actually happening to me. Like my hamstrings started to completely tighten up, and it just goes to show you that like your emotions, your body speaks your emotions, your body feels and your body's talking to you all the time and your body is always listening to you. And so my hamstrings being super tight was not a coincidence, like the fact of everything else that was going on. And I was like, this is because I knew it wasn't because 
I wasn't stretching enough or I had pulled it or something. Like I knew there was one night where I was stretching when I was really stressed and I kind of forced myself into it and I was like, oh, that wasn't good. But again, it was because I was not connected to my body and then I was like, this is crazy. Like my body is like literally talking to me. And then I looked up and I looked up like where all the emotions are stored. This is what was really crazy. What? No, I'm I'm so curious about emotions and the effects on health. So keep. Oh going. yeah, like it, your brain, like your brain will just like your you it just dumps into your body, and so the the emotions, um, like happy emotions, right? Like you can tolerate, you can um, you experience, and obviously happy emotions, you have a hormonal response, you have a biochemical response to every single emotion that you have. When you have happy hormones, obviously you have like endorphins and things, and that's when your body is flowing freely. All the systems are working, and and there's a reason why people say you're happy and healthy, like in one sentence always, because you have the endorphins, and you're happy, and you're healthy, and so like usually the systems are also flowing. And then you have the other side of when you have a negative emotion, and sometimes your brain is like a trauma, right? It's so traumatic that you can't process it, and sometimes your brain will loop on that thought, and then what happens is like the emotions your you have uh, gets like pushed into the body. And I was actually just with a neuroscientist this morning. Her name is Dr. Shannon, and like I was talking to her about it, and she she like knows she like geeks out on all this research, and she was saying the same thing. Like yeah, like your brain will just like dump the emotions into the body because it can't process it. It's like too traumatic for you to actually like understand and grasp. So then what happens is then your cells actually like have receptors to these hormones, right? Because you have a hormonal response to these traumatic events that happen in your life. So you're either pumping out adrenaline or you're pumping out cortisol or you're pumping out these kinds of things. And your cells adapt to the environment. They're kind of just like, they're just there to like catch everything. And so let's say you only have like two receptors for the hormones. Then all of a sudden your body's shooting out all these hormones, all these stress hormones, a ton of them. They keep like... They keep pushing out, keep pushing out. Then the cells just like add receptors, like more receptors, more because it has to try to like, it's trying to catch all of it. So then the cell is just acclimating to the environment and then the, the cell gets stressed and that's when you're you're literally changing your makeup. Like your, the cells are being negatively affected by your emotions. And then you, you wonder why you have indigestion or why you have anxiety or you have like short of breath or you have blood problems or you have like heart problems, like all these kinds of things that are like actually from or chronic pain, which is a big one, big, big, big one is chronic pain. And um, in my research, they, they were saying like, like chronic pain needs to be addressed and handled through self-care. And it's like you can go get a massage, you can go get to the chiropractor, all these things are great. And you have to like look with it and you have to go to the dark stuff. <laughs> you have to. Yeah, I think I'm so fascinated by this right now because I yeah. think at least I, maybe this is my personal belief. I feel like um, the effects of emotional health like I'm, I'm not like a doctor, but I like you know I do my meditations, my cold plunges. You're aware. You're tuned I'm in. I'm into yoga. Like I do all these. I'm yeah. like why? Like why do I do them? Because I feel good when I do them. Like yeah. I feel healthy and vibrant. And then I truly believe the biggest thing that I don't understand about my health when it does go south is like the emotional component. And I think mm. that's one of the least understood things. But there's people mm. like this neuroscientist. Dr. Joe Dispenza talks a lot about it. Like the yeah. whole thing you're talking about with the cellular thing I just read about. Oh, was like, really? oh. Yeah, yeah, like we all have like an, an, an literally an energetic field around our body. It's like an yeah. aura. 
that you can't see in like a 3D. But like we can you can feel measure it. it. You can feel it even in like altered states of consciousness. You can actually see it in people. But when you're yeah. stressed, your aura literally contracts. Whereas when you're in a state of gratitude, which is the most powerful one for expansion, and then like how that affects the cells in your body, which are constantly like evolving and upgrading and down-regulating depending on the emotion that's yeah. in. But my question is, let's say you're in a, like a nice, happy, healthy space and yeah. life lifes and things happen. What's your process for like, so your hamstrings were tight. Like what's the process being like, oh, this is what needs to be released or like let me, you know what I mean? Like that to the me is like. releasing process. Because no matter, like if you're a human being, you're going to go through stuff. But how can someone like shortcut that process of like lingering with the pain or us into like be able to dive into the emotion and like let that go? Yeah, there's a lot of things that you can do. And it's like what you were saying, how you do things to feel good, right? So it's like you just, you need to find things that make you feel good. And um, so that you can constantly, so that you can be putting more of those good feelings back into your body, right? Because your cells acclimate to your environment. So if you keep putting happy hormones in, then your cells will acclimate to that environment. But if 95% of the time you're stressed, then the cells are going to be in an environment that's stressed. And so it's causing an adverse effect on the cells and all of your autonomic system. So then there's, you know, meditation. Most of the time what it is with for everybody, we're, we're moving so fast and we don't take the time to actually see what's going on inside, right? So that's why meditation is so powerful. And so you could start meditating for five, ten minutes and people try to have this idea that they need to turn their brains off when they meditate and they're like, I can't meditate. Like they already feel like – they feel like a failure and like – there's no such thing as failing in meditation. Yeah. Like you just sit down and you just do it. And then over time, it's going you're going to notice subtle changes. And you've you've won if you've just sat there and you've done it. You're not there's no point in you're not trying to achieve anything. You're not trying to achieve enlightenment like on your first or second try, you know, or like you might not even notice significant changes. You might not notice a significant change for like another year maybe even a couple of years. And I think we all want the instant satis- satisfaction. Um, and I've been there too. But it's like just being with yourself and knowing yourself and knowing your thoughts, right? Like catching catching your thoughts. Like how I caught myself saying, oh gosh, there always has to be something going wrong in my life. I'm like, have I said that before? Have I? Is that my belief? Do I believe that? Like then you then you go a step deeper. Do I believe that? Where else do I see this show up? Is this true for me? Do I, does this apply in my relationships? Does this apply in my work? Do I like, and so you keep going down that path. So there's, you know, meditation, which is really, really powerful. Um, I remember the first time that I actually did do Shavasana and I slowed down because I used to be the type of person who would walk out of yoga early. People like you blow my mind. Like, or the old you. (laughs) I'm the like, that's you. the best part. The old me blows I'm the last me away dude too. getting out of Shavasana because I'm like, this is what you do it for. Like, yeah, no, I was, I would leave before that, and that's why it's, so. it's, it's so funny. It's like no wonder why I had anxiety and panic attacks. I was like, and the teacher would say, I remember this one teacher was like, you know, the, you know, the, this is definitely why we're here, and usually the people who leave it leave now are the ones who need it the most, and I was like. Ugh what does she know about my life? You know, like she doesn't know anything about me. And then like the the first time that I actually did do it, I remember the teacher said like, just, you know, 
allow yourself to sit here and forgive yourself. And all of a sudden I just like started crying in Shavasana. And I was like, holy crap, like I had no idea I needed to forgive myself. Like I've never been given that permission to like, it was like all of a sudden like everything just like let go. And so it's the process of like becoming aware, of having compassion for yourself, of giving yourself permission to let go. That's why Shavasana is so powerful because what happens is you tire the body out so much that by the time you get to Shavasana, it's like your body probably won't – like your brain – like you you will get so fatigued physically that you just let go. And that's how you access the subconscious mind is because your brain's not like overthinking. Um, uh, And so you're able to like let go and you can like access the subconscious mind. You can like get into the body and you can just say – like when teachers are saying that, it's so powerful to like let go, to surrender, to forgive yourself – um, so those are great ways to do it. Like there's like whatever you enjoy doing, like get back into doing that. Cause a lot of us, we forget to play even, we forget to like have fun, um, things like that. And so yeah, meditation, they even say hugging is really powerful. It's like for the human connection, um, music, sound baths, uh, journaling is huge. Then like just going on a journey of like, I always say just do like a, a a dump like a subconscious dump where like at first you just start writing again you're like I'm not even really sure what I'm writing about but like here maybe here's how I feel today or what does my soul want to say to me and then you just like keep writing keep writing even if you feel like you keep repeating yourself all of a sudden what I've heard from like NLP yeah there's like a loop and then you like cross the loop or something like that and then you get to the next level and then you loop and then you like can cross another level so just like keep keep dumping so yeah because i think you hit that there's like that breaking point right Mm -hmm. and the frustrating part is you don't know when that breaking point is but all you know is once you get past it that's where like it all becomes worth it yeah and like in dispense to talk about meditation like i've recently gotten really deep into my meditation practice and i'm sitting here now like how did i go this long without doing it for because like yeah. I had reaped the benefits like five years ago when I first learned was doing it for like a while then stopped and I bought into the story of and I'm still breaking through this like I don't have time like I notice I'm always in a rush like I've got all this stuff to time. do time that's a big one and then the craziest thing with meditation and like you you've heard that like wise I think it's like a Chinese philosophy like if you don't have 10 minutes to meditate you, do it you need it for hour. two hours or something like that <laughs> yeah and but there is truth to that because the clarity that you get from in, in a way, when you said shutting off the mind, like you shut off the default note uh, mode network in your brain, which is the part that's like always trying to figure out. But when you shut that part off, that's when like new neural pathways can form in like yeah. a positive way. And so for me, because I'm always like thinking 19 steps ahead in the, for the business, mm-hmm. that's not always in the present moment. So the more I can like tap back into <sighs> yeah, right and the now. clarity from that space. So for me, it's like a constant practice of like, okay. I am have an abundance of time and the clarity I get from meditation will actually make me even more effective. Mm-hmm. But it's frustrating when you're just sitting there and you're like, oh, wait, like, am I going to eat for lunch today? Oh, like, did I forget to text this person? Like, back to it. It's just yeah. like, and then once you do hit that, like, kind of blissful feeling, yeah. it's always worth it. But it's not. But that's why, I like, doing a meditation, like, um, there's, like, the satanama meditation where you like satanama and you just like go on the fingers like this oh i never heard of that one. Oh, it's really good satanama with like the that. first finger oh. yeah sata 
Nah, nah. If you're not watching this, we're like, we're putting our <laughs> thumb finger, to our to second, the thumb. Or second middle, middle finger four, to the thumb. Yeah, you just go in order. So you go like, sa, ta, na, ma, sa, ta, na, ma. Yeah, but you go in order. So this one, ta, na, ma, sa, ta, na, ma. So it keeps your monkey brain busy. Mm-hmm. And then you can just like fully sink into it. Yeah, the and that's why like breathing meditations are also good because then you focus on, you just keep the, basically you just keep the monkey br- brain busy mm-hmm. and then like you just let the magic happen. Like I had a profound experience when I did the Satanama. Um, I did it for 62 minutes because I was, <laughs> I know, I was doing Did you my, have like music going while? Well, I was doing a Kundalini certification and so that was what we were doing. Um, so you say it out loud for, it's like a proportion. You say it out loud, then you whisper it and then you do it silently and then you whisper it again and then you do it out loud. Um, and it's like such a powerful meditation. And then you also envision a gold line going through the middle of your brain out through the middle of your eyebrows. Um, and you imagine this like L shape like this, like going through your third eye, which like helps to activate the pineal gland, you know, which is like the, the, like the See, keeper like of the... all the endocrine system mm-hmm. yeah and that's like how they say it's like your antenna to like your aura and everything out there in the uh, quantum field so you like activate it that way and you keep your brain busy that way and that's probably my favorite meditation ever and I was I went into that meditation I remember I had like just gotten out of this breakup and I was heartbroken like devastated I remember I was in the training all day and I could barely keep it together I had to keep going to the bathroom to cry and like I was like so upset and then at the end of the day they're like okay we're gonna do a 62 minute meditation I was like oh god this is like the last thing I want to do right now you know and then so I was like stuck there in the training and then I did it and then I was like kind of crying through it and then I was like thinking about all these things and then after a while like my thoughts just kind of like vanished and I just like could feel myself just like melting into it and then by the time I got out of it I'm not even joking I was like like happy like a little girl like I was joyous I was like like so I just wanted to like hug everyone I was just like beaming it was crazy how I just felt like alive again and I was like I didn't even like I was like oh my god I can't believe the night and day shift and it was like at that moment where I was like Oh, this is like this is powerful meditation of like my thought was just looping 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 and it didn't have anywhere to go and finally like I just like flushed it out like it was just like gone and I felt back again it's like when you're in that state of being it's like you've got to get yourself back into your power and your power is in the present moment your power is like um your breath your power is remembering your gifts your power is like gratitude like that's your power and I was giving my power away to this stupid guy who I kept like thinking of what he thought of me, what he thought of me, the rejection, the rejection, the rejection that was just like over and over and over, right? Like that's what it was happening. And then I was like, I just, it, it would left my body. And, and when you, when you let those bad feelings leave your body, like happy and joy is what comes up naturally, right? That's like what they say when you come back into who you really are, it's happiness, it's joy. It's that like youthful 
presence, right? Like kids are so present. Like they say exactly what they mean and they like have no problems. They're not people pleasers. Like they just like, they're imaginative. They'll believe anything. Like they believe in Santa Claus. Like, you know, they're so present and that's what youth is. And that's what, that's what we really are. Um, so yeah. Yeah. No, I love that. And that is like so empowering because whether you're what's it called the sata yes the it's called the kirtan kriya if the, you want if you can you can look it we'll, up if you're listening we'll link that in the yeah. show notes for sure because i was gonna i was really curious about kundalini because i'm super into breath work but i think for me like what i took away from what you just shared you know you hear people like david goggins or rich roll who like run these ultra marathons or whatever the thing is but it's put like again you're pushing like you're exhausted you're going through this breakup yeah. Every party wants to go. And they're like, we have this 62-minute meditation. But there's something about, like, pushing past that resistance. And then to me what happens or my understanding of what happened is, like, you tapped into that kind of, like, quantum field where, like, you know, that's above this 3D physical reality. And that's where, like, there's an abundance of energy. And that's where, like, you're like, bring that in. Whole new Jacqueline. Yeah. Well, it's because the bad feelings block it. Mm-hmm. So the negative feelings – is literally like you put up a shield to those good like that can come through. Yeah. It's like you're blocking the antenna from hitting that frequency. Yeah, so you're you're blocking yourself from happiness, and like our conscious minds can't make 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 sense of it because it's like, but I don't understand. I'm so heartbroken. Like I feel this, I feel that, and you're so connected to like the negative feelings that you forget all these positive feelings, and so like when you when you remove those feelings from your body and that's why like exercising is so important to be doing every day breath work like um journaling like when you remove the bad feelings you return back to your happy state of being and it's like when you're flowing when you're in ease like that's when right like that's when they say things feel easy that's when everything is flowing that's what like it's interesting because we use these words very casually but they mean so much like Mm -hmm. flowing also means that your blood is flowing through you like the air is flowing through you your body is working well your systems are flowing right like your digestion's flowing your your like everything is flowing and then they say when you have a glow there's a glow about you right that's literally your aura like your good feelings are going expanding beyond you like it's we say these things but we don't realize like the the depth of what they actually mean and how they relate to our bodies and our health and our emotional health and our thoughts and yeah it's pretty powerful which is why it's so important to be like conscious of like the thoughts you're, you're saying because i use the word yeah. flow and i love that's like my favorite i have it on my <laughs> wrist here literally flow yeah and like thankfully it has a positive connotation yeah but it's easy to be like like uh uh we always correct this in business or in our company i just want to be brutally honest with you no why does it honest have to be brutal yeah it's like, can i be open with you or can i be fully open with you instead right. of like i don't want to br- why does it have to be brutal Bad. that's like you're like oh this is gonna hurt like you know, yeah, that like yeah, carries yeah. more weight than we realize. Yeah. You said something because I was going to, you know, we, we did ALA together, which is like an emotional leadership transformational program. How else would you describe it? Just so. Yeah. Emotional intelligence training. It's like you, you, you discover a lot of your own blind spots. That's like, like a, awareness. That's fully, I think the, to me, the most valuable part was like, yeah. oh, that's what I do, but I don't know because I'm in me right <laughs> i can't see that <laughs> yeah. uh it's like the closest way to get like a mirror but it's from other people exactly design. yeah but before ala like did you have this kind of mindset or like what brought you to this place um the panic attacks and the anxiety because like how um, you're saying yeah. 
Huh? I was going to say, when, like, when was the first time you had a panic attack? Um, I was 26, and I was in China. <laughs> the worst place to be. Actually, if I'm being, if, I think the very first time I had it, though, when I was, like, a little kid, and I, like, realized what death was, and I couldn't understand it. And Whoa. I had, like, do you a, remember, like, exactly Yeah, I do. Like, I remember. I remember, like, running into my parents' bedroom and, like, freaking out, and I was, like, like, my, I remember my brain was just, like, what like where do we go I don't understand do we go to the sky do we go to space like where do I go like I just was like like you know all these like looping thoughts and like um that was like when I remember the very first time um and then another time was when I got high but I think I was but it was weird because I, I it had to have been laced with something I don't even know still to this day obviously because I don't I didn't know the person who I got it from um but yeah I went I had like a really bad experience there but I had smoked weed for like a year before that that's why I was like what it's kind of out of the blue yeah and it and so it was really bad there and then it was like six years later then I was like having these panic attacks when I was in China but it was like it right it's like the body keeps the score your body is always listening your body is like your subconscious mind so as soon as I felt the same feeling of feeling out of control or powerless like these kinds of feelings that make me that are that that um, caused this feeling, it's like the same reaction happened. So it was like the reaction of the, the panic attack was bigger than what the situation was happening, right? Like I was in China and I was like traveling with the NBA and so I just felt like I wasn't able to do what I wanted to do. I felt claustrophobic because there were so many people. They'd come up and like grab my hair and touch my Whoa. hair. And so like my boundaries were being, you know, um, like disregarded. And so I just felt like we weren't, like they would kind of like hide us away because there's too many people. Like it just was like, for me, it was just too much. It just was. And so I felt out of control. I felt powerless, right? These same kind of feelings, right? I like started to notice a pattern. And then I had a full on panic attack, which is like not warranted for the situation mm -hmm. I was in. I wasn't in any harm. I wasn't sick. I was, no one was attacking me. Right. So it's like, I felt, then I felt embarrassed. I was like, why am I having this like horrible panic attack? Like nothing is going on. And then, so I felt crazy, and then that's when I, I came back home. What did that feel like, like a panic attack, you know? Ugh, it's the worst. It's the worst because it's like, it just like, everything like, it just came up. It almost felt like it came up and through, and it was like my brain, I just got super dizzy. I got paranoid. I felt scared. I felt like, um, it was just like a rush of adrenaline. It's did like, you know you were having a panic attack? I didn't like know. I called my parents and it was like 3 a.m. their time. And my dad's a doctor. And so I like called and I was like telling him all these symptoms. I was like, this is happening, this happening. And, and he's like, at first I was like, I'm going crazy. I'm going crazy. Like, this is what it must feel like to go crazy. And then I was like, wait, no, crazy people don't know they're crazy. <laughs> and I was like having this whole conversation in my head. And I was like, I remember we were in a mall and I was like, I told my friend, I was like, I don't feel well. Like I need to go outside. And like, we were walking around and I remember I tried to like find some wine. Cause I like felt, I was like, maybe I could, this will calm me down. And I chugged some wine and I was like, that didn't work. Like, that seemed like, to put some gas on the fire. Yeah. It was like, it just like, then I felt just like, a little out of it but I was still like feeling this panic and then um and so I call my parents and I told my dad and he's like okay you're having a panic attack like that's what's happening like you're just had like just take deep breaths and all of those things and um but then like the whole trip and I just felt like anxious the whole time like I was just like like 
if you ever had a little bit of anxiety, you know, where it just kind of like bubbles up here in your chest, yeah, it was like that. Yeah, it was like that, like the whole trip, the whole trip. And my, like, my jaw would lock up. Like, I was like, my teeth were like chattering sometimes because, like, my nervous system was like on overdrive. And I realized, like, I came home and I was like, I'm determined to not be on medication. I'm determined to not. Were you on anti-anxiety? No, like, but I, like, that was the the option. It was like, okay, get on anti-anxiety medicine now. And I was like, no, Mm -hmm. you know? And so there was something inside of me that was wanting more that, like, I, like lessons come to us, like these experiences come to us because, right? Like I could have been fine with feeling powerless. I could have been fine with being like this, but I kept being like, this is not who I am. I'm not powerless, but I didn't know necessarily how to like jump over that. And so this was like my, this was my chance to dive into it. And I was like, well, what's going on? And so luckily I, I started researching anxiety and someone said to read the power of now. And then I understood to the power of being present and getting back in the now and that anxiety is just you trying to control. Again, it's like trying to control the future, trying to control what happens to you, trying to control the opinions of other people that they have on you, like all of that feeling, right? And it makes you feel powerless because you can't control them. And so this taught me that I that okay, it's time to look deeper. Like I was disconnected health-wise, yes, cuz uh, like I was running I was in shape I was I was a professional dancer like physically yes I was healthy but mentally like I wasn't I wasn't connecting the two yet and um yeah and that's what got me into I started reading the power of now and logically I understood what anxiety was so then it wasn't so scary Mm -hmm. that was I think a big thing too it's like that unknown is really freaky yeah it's really freaky and then you and you hear okay other people have this and then I was like but I was like kind of snooty. I was like, I don't want to be someone with like mental issues. Like, <laughs> you know, I was like, that's weird. And I had mm-hmm. so much, but that's like so there's much a, judgment. There is, and especially back a couple years ago, even worse, there's such a stigma around mental yeah, health. Yeah, a lot, a lot. And like if you tell someone like, oh, like people would say, oh, they're in therapy. Like they'd say it like that, like judgmental. And so there was, there was so much that I, um, it was like the beginning of the journey of like, having compassion for myself, not feeling like I needed to be constantly achieving in order to feel loved. Somewhere along my childhood, I decided that in order to feel loved, I needed to be achieving. I don't know. You know, and it's like my parents, maybe because they put me in all these private schools and like I was expected to achieve and I was expected, I have all these things, you know, but to them as parents are doing, you know, what parents should be doing, Mm -hmm. like giving them a good education, like all this stuff. But it's weird as kids we we misinterpret or we create our own stories around it and I had a story where I had to be constantly achieving like mm-hmm. high achieving higher like higher more 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 it's because you're rewarded when you win you know yeah. people and they're like oh that's how they'll love me like yeah. get first place you know yeah 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 and so you so I I, I uh, associated those two together because I was like dancing and I had a side company and I was training clients I had celebrity clients and so I was like I just like didn't really sleep. I'd sleep like five hours every night, like chug coffee all day. And I was just like, just, just cause like, I was like, do, do, do. Like I just had to do more, do more, do more. And eventually like your body like talks to you, you, you just burn out. And so like how you were saying before, you're like, I don't know how I got along without meditation before. And eventually like 
you're just going to break. Like, eventually, like, we all will burn out if we don't, like, tend to ourselves because we're not meant to do that. We're not doers. Like, we're human beings. Like, we're meant to, like, be here and, and connect with ourselves and source and, and purpose and, yeah. Yeah. So. And what you just said there, like, so I – it wasn't quite a panic attack, but it was on, I was on the verge the day that I – uh, well, this was like a three-day period, but I ended up dropping out of college, and that was when I was breaking out in hives and rashes and mm. didn't See, know what anxiety. Yep, the body. And of course, body, but like, I didn't know yeah, like the mind-body connection. So now yeah. to me, it's very obvious because it also took me going through this chronic period of hell for seven months where yeah. I literally like physically did not feel comfortable in my own skin like at all times. That's crazy. So I went through this vicious cycle. But now, of course, on the other side, I'm like so thankful. Mm-hmm. So for you, was that... And was that like, and was that like a point in your life you look at you're like that led to? Because like now you're like I look at you as like you're super mindful. You're so like tapped in. You like the mind body connection. Did you do you think that like came from that anxiety attack or like that played a big part in your? Oh yeah, for sure. That was definitely the start of it all because I was like for a couple years after that I was still dealing with a lot of anxiety it doesn't just go away overnight no it wasn't like okay this is gonna be done and then I like I couldn't even I couldn't see movies like outer space movies I like interesting yeah because it just felt too out of control like when I would watch them like it would just trip me out and I couldn't like sometimes I would be um like talking with someone and then all of a sudden I was so in my head. I was like, what if I get anxiety right now? What if I have another panic attack? And I'm like not even listening to them at all. And I was like, and like, then I would start to get anxiety. I was like, oh my God, it's here. Oh my God, it's coming back. Like I just like, I would trip myself out. And, and I was going to yoga classes. I started going to yoga classes. Thank God. I, I started going to yoga classes and I started and I was very, um, interested in doing handstands and of course the big flashy poses um because i wanted to achieve more i was like okay i want to know how to do handstands now and i want to do the extreme poses right so i was like going to these like super tough yoga classes and like this one teacher said you know i don't know why she even said it but she was like having anxiety and panic attacks are a choice and and like that's a bold statement and i've shared this trigger you like super yeah and i've shared this story before and i know everyone has their own stories with anxiety and their own experience and I always like put this disclaimer out there and say like well this is this is my story and it doesn't mean this is true for every single person out there who has anxiety but this is this is true for me and for me I was so grateful that I heard that because it empowered me I believed her you know like you can believe whatever you want I could have not believed her but for some reason I believed her and I was like my gosh she's so right like I do like I didn't I never thought of that concept of oh this is this is a choice like I can choose to have you know have this take over me or I can choose to not and it just completely empowered me and it just started to make me shift and think of like different ways of doing it and then again I just found myself in more and more yoga classes and I was like okay well maybe I'll stay for the shavasana this time like I started to just like see you know how I could uh, relax myself because I realized I wasn't allowing myself to ever relax, especially like as a dancer and and an athlete. Like I just was like, there's no time to to like settle to stop to, and rest. to stop. Yeah. Um, so I was it. Yeah, it empowered me to think differently and 
Um, but that was for sure the start of all of this journey, for sure. Yeah, and you had a choice, right? You could have been like, and this is a, I think why that statement triggers people is because that's like victim versus responsibility mindset. If you believe that you create your own anxiety, then you are the solution to it. Whereas yeah. if you don't believe that, then you're saying something outside of yourself is causing it to you and therefore you're never giving yourself the push to like figure out a solution. Mm -hmm. If you subscribe, like I subscribe to the belief that I create my reality. Mm -hmm. And so someone saying that, that like sucks because if I'm anxious, I'm like, yep, I'm choosing this. And it's frustrating too because yeah. like I find this and you probably know this better than anyone. Like uh, we had a buddy, we were working yesterday he had like a lot of his shit coming up and he was just like in his mind, he's like, I need to like, just like talk to this person. And we're like, dude, go run in the ocean right now. Like stop thinking. Cause you can't sometimes like your logical mind, like you can't, mm -hmm. you just need to like tap into that primal movement mm -hmm. or like, you know, to achieve that like higher level of consciousness. Well, And also it's just like the emotions that get stuck, they're logic. So then you just need to move the emotions. Mm -hmm. Like you need to move these, like they're, they're called peptides. Like you need to just like move the peptides and you just like, move it and like instead of looping and getting stuck you're like okay just shift it it's the loop the yeah. loop is a real thing because you get in this lo like i should say i get in this logical loop i'm like oh like oh i just need to like power through power through and then i'm like about to have this like you know mini anxiety freak i'm like dude just go like punch a boxing bag or like do sit-ups or like just sometimes like yeah. there's a place for me for meditation and there's a place i'm like i cannot sit still right now i need to just like get body. it you know get it out of me yeah, like um, animals do this actually in the wild. So if you ever, you could look up YouTube videos on this. Like there's this one video that I saw of a polar bear where they did it. This was the only one, well, this is the one that they got. But anyways, they did this experiment on the polar bear where they actually shot the polar bear with a, um, a sedative where it like temporarily paralyzed the polar bear. Whoa. I know, and so they did it from like a helicopter because it's like this huge polar bear, and then um, and then like so the so the, I think they pulled it out or something, and then like eventually it was very temporary, and then so they were all sitting there like waiting with their cameras, and then they um, they watched the it come out of the you know the paralyzing thing. And then what happened is the polar bear started to shake everywhere. Like, everything started shaking. Like, it was just, like, a full-on, like, just push it. I don't know. It was just, like, everything was shaking, moving, moving, moving. And then it, like, laid there, and then it did, like, these big deep breaths, like, huge, huge, huge deep breaths for, like, five minutes. And then it just, like, got up and, like, walked. <laughs> and, like, and then so they've seen this pattern where, like, they saw a gazelle do this when it got chased by a lion. And then it's, like, you know, it's, like – I'm under attack, I'm under attack, you know, adrenaline, 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 that's what it's for, so you can outrun the lion, and then, but then your body is flooded with adrenaline and cortisol, and then um, if it's like, it gets away, it's safe, so then the, the, the gazelle will like shake it out, like shake all, shake it, shake, shake, shake it out, they do like a breathing thing, and then they move on. But like animals in the wild do this naturally, but humans and then zoo animals don't do this. And so it's like up to us. That's crazy. That's yeah. actually really sad. I know. The zoo really animals sad. don't do that because we've fully been like, okay, you're going to act like us now. Yeah, in a but cage. If you look at a natural animal in the wild, like, you know, they, they there was this like uh, fungi experiment where like they let the fungi like do its thing and it created like a better um, 
a better like what's uh, transportation system yeah. in a Tokyo design. Like the fungi figured out how to like get around these like blocks. Oh, but it's like looking at nature, be like, oh, like this is how it happens. And looking at the animal, okay, it shakes, moves its body, deep breathing, yeah. and then it's good. Yeah. It's like, okay, move the body, quiet the mind, like get into your body, yeah. you're good. Yeah. <laughs> it's like so simple, but. Yeah. And that's what, that's what animals do. And like we just – like since we do have our cerebral cortex, we do have our brains, it does separate us from being an animal in the wild. We also that comes with a lot of responsibility and the responsibility of taking care of your bodies and not just like operating like you're a machine, but like taking that time to to breathe and to connect and slow down and to not numb yourself out in any whatever it may be, in any sort of addiction. But addiction can be can look like so many things. Of course, there's like the obvious like drugs and alcohol, but there's also addictions to food. There's addictions to emotions. Mm-hmm. Like you can literally be addicted to an emotion. You could be addicted to complaining. You could be addicted to like gossiping. You could be addicted to like those kinds of feelings, right? That's like those are ego driven type of conversations and feelings that you get. So you're like addicted to it. Like when I learned about that, I was like, oh, that's fascinating. Like, I'm not going to, I'm not going to, and I would catch myself, right? Like, if I started gossiping, I'd be like, oh, this does give me a certain feeling. Yeah, why, I was about to be like, how do you become aware? Like, thankfully, if you have good friends and people who call you on your shit around yeah. you, it's like, why are you saying that? But how do you become aware of, like, the things that aren't obvious? It's like, okay, obviously, if I'm addicted to alcohol, like, that's a clear, like, vice. Yeah, because like, people have, like, a, a total, like, crash, and they hit rock bottom, and, Mm-hmm. Luckily, they do hit rock bottom, right? Because then, like, the only way is up sometimes. Yeah. And sometimes people need that to And that's, like, that up. breaking point we were talking about. Like, yeah. that passing that point of resistance of, like, that low. Yeah. And so, unfortunately, human beings, like, it takes them. Like, me, it took me to, like, have those panic attacks and, like, anxiety where I couldn't even talk to people to the to get myself to do something for myself. So, it's um, – but a conversation like this, like, listening to a podcast like this or having just – just being curious and listening with an open mind. So I, I know sometimes it's taken me like 10 times for me to hear it to actually understand it <laughs> or do it. Yeah. And, um, but it's because our brains will like get in the way of us hearing it. So Yeah, it's and, and it's like we can only take in so much information. Like yeah. if you think about like how much is happening right now, it's like it would be <laughs> like you'd go into this freak out. You like wouldn't be able to process it. That's but it's true. like having the awareness. And then that's why like – the affirmations like I love on your Instagram you're always posting these like positive affirmations yeah like, heck yeah like you can curate like this is always uh something I'm reminded of is like I can like make my Instagram this like epic self-empowering thing if yeah I make that's it. what I always say too yeah and and I love now that you can mute and unfollow or mute people so you know you, you can mute people feelings. yeah yeah and I'm like okay there's a people pleaser in me that like doesn't <laughs> want to uh, unfollow people but I'm like at least I can mute them because I, it's like not even that I don't like them, but I'm like I just don't care about seeing people what you're unfollowed doing. me. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and exactly. And then you're like, okay, like that's their reaction. Like yeah. I follow people still, and they, and I'm like they won't follow me back. I'm like, and I'm like, oh, I'm like, wait, like why do I care? It's mm. like why am I? Do, is that like the expectation? But like knowing you can create the own rules to this thing and like program your mind because we're gonna have these thoughts and feelings come up. Yeah. So it's like can, choosing. Like, it's like you could really program yeah. to an extent you can choose because we're on these apps so much. Like, if you're listening to this, you're probably on social media all the time. 
Yeah. So you have a choice on like what kind of content you want to receive that will program how you think about the world and how you think about yourself. Yeah. I think it's that's huge, right? Like you can curate your own feed. And that's something that I have said too. And it's always like, what are you seeking? Like your subconscious mind is going to lead you to do things that you don't even know. Like you're, you might follow someone because you know that they're going to make you feel worse about yourself. And then every time you go on there, you're like, see, it like validates your, your beliefs about yourself. It, it validates your identity. And I heard one powerful thing from – his name right now Jim something Jim Fortin he said you can never outperform your identity so if you have an identity about yourself that is like even unhealthy you have an identity that you're unhealthy that you're 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 unathletic you're not smart and these identities could have been given to you at a very young age you know you didn't even choose it and you just like maybe a parent told you over and over or a teacher or whatever um, then you will always identify and then every action that you take after that is going to just justify and validate that. And so that's why awareness is huge of being able to say like just seeking out those types of like that feedback or whatever it is and, and, and noticing when things start to happen in a pattern. Like for me, another pattern was that like I kept dating a guy who was unavailable. Like I kept dating the unavailable guy. Interesting. When you say that like emotionally or like physically unavailable like both either they like I found out this one guy ended up I would date him for six months and then found out he had a girlfriend in South Africa the whole time and then I dated another guy and he cheated on me and then I dated another guy and he's like well I don't really want to get serious or like they were or it was I dated a lot of athletes because they were very unavailable they were on tour doing their competitions or you know that kind of stuff so it's like after a while, it's like, like the common denominator is me in yeah. all of these situations. And it's like, like just becoming aware of your patterns. Like mm-hmm. what has happened? Is this the first time that happened? Okay, if it's the first time, then yeah, sometimes it is out of your control and you truly are a victim. If it happens a second time, third time, fourth time, fifth time, sixth time, by the sixth guy who has cheated on you, it is not the guy anymore, <laughs> you know. It is you. Yeah. Like you are, you are asking for that. Like same thing on your Instagram. If you're if every single person on your Instagram is making you feel bad, like there's something in you that is like asking to be validated about the fact that you're less than. Yeah. And so what, like, what did you find? Like, why were you seeking someone who is unavailable? Oh boy. Um. <laughs> Very, a little, a little soft question right there. <laughs> I I wasn't. I wasn't ready. Like, I I didn't realize it. Like, I thought I needed to be ready because all my friends were getting married. Like, they were all doing that life. But I was, um, for whatever reason, I had, like, an identity about myself that I wasn't, uh, like, worthy of the actual guy that I wanted. Like, the the guy who had it all. And 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 I wasn't I wasn't ready for that guy yet either. Like I'm so glad that I didn't get married at 24 because I was I didn't know who I was yet. I I would have married a guy who was not suited for me because I've been on this growth path and um I I'm still honestly like unpacking that like either it was been a blessing because then it's st- it allowed me to continue to grow like every single time it really 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 made me look at my stories about myself, like what's happening in my life. And, um, it's inspired me to empower other women 
to always like put themselves first, to speak their mind, to really tap into what is it that they really want, to encourage them to to ask for what they want and believe that they'll get what they want and not take crumbs from guys. And and so um, it was it was a combination of my belief system of of not feeling worthy, not feeling ready, not feeling ready for the responsibility, not feeling ready for the the type of like the time right like the commitment the intimacy like the the responsibility of a relationship like a marriage takes like the every married person that you see like they're like it takes a lot of time and a lot of work you know for a marriage as well you know and I like I think subconsciously I wasn't ready you know and I wasn't I wasn't fully in my power thinking like okay there was this is I'm gonna get exactly what I want and so I wasn't there yet. And that's okay. And then eventually, and like, that's the thing I had to like really forgive myself for like putting myself in these situations, for not beating myself up, for being like, oh my gosh, why am I the last one of my friends to not be married yet? Um, then I found friends who weren't married and I was like, I'm not, I'm, you know, I was just like, again, I was like in a circle that kept validating this feeling of me like making myself feel like crap of like, oh, there's something wrong with me because I'm not married yet or, you know, it can be very convoluted, but. Well, it's crazy. Like the stories we tell ourselves, and I love what you said too. You're like, it, like I wasn't ready for it yet. Yeah. And for me, I've been sitting with that. Like up until a few months ago, like some probably what my, my biggest insecurity was that I've never had like a serious girlfriend. Like nothing more than like two or three months of dating someone. Mm-hmm. And I felt so much pressure to like, I wanted a girlfriend more to say that I've had a girlfriend than I wanted a girlfriend. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And then just to tell people that because right? I'm like, okay, got check that box, you know? Yeah. And like, I think for like a woman, like the whole marriage thing is a whole nother thing. You know, that's a way like gnarlier pressure. Like I, I have <laughs> sisters and like everyone I talk about, it's like, that's like a thing women go through, you know, yeah. at least in our culture. It's like, if you're not married, then like your clock's ticking and then that's a whole thing. Yeah. There's a lot of shame. But we all have shame, our, yeah. our things, right? Yeah. And for me, I think what clicked was like after things went south with the, with the girl I was dating and I was like, oh yeah, like I, cause it was also stemming from this place of like wanting something deeper, but she wasn't showing that. And then I was like, wait a second, like, and then I did this like powerful plant journey, plant medicine journey. And then all the things that started happening, I was like, oh my goodness. Like, like everything is happening in perfect timing. Like, and it can sound a little like cheesy when you hear that stuff, but when you feel it, it's like the meditation, you hear all the things, but like when you actually feel Feel the bliss of like in that state, like you don't care. And so for me, it's been like this nice thing of like, when I do meet this amazing woman and we're in an amazing, we have this amazing relationship, like it's going to be amazing at that time because I'm going through all the things that I'm going through now. Yeah. And it's like, and something about knowing that and for that clicking, it's like, I don't care anymore. Yeah. And that's like the best. I'm like, like that insecurity is out and I don't care anymore. That's cool. And then that's coming from a place of like, well, I'm an empty slate now. Cause like you carry this stuff, you know, yeah. and like, that's the, the interesting thing with doing something like ALA yeah. or for me, I'm really into breath work and cold plunges because mm. I find the cold, especially like we were talking before, you want to calm your monkey mind, get in 30 degree water and you can't focus on, you know, any of your problems cause you're just trying to like not have a freak out. <laughs> yeah, I've done it. And then yeah. what, what sometimes happen is like, if I'm dealing with something emotionally mm-hmm. and I sit in the cold, I feel the pain of that while I'm in the cold. Oh, crazy. It's like this crazy thing where like the pain of the cold 
like meets the pain of my emotion and I feel it. And then it like, and it kind of like, I don't want to say fully releases, but it feels really good because it like yeah. brings it up. And wow. I'm like, oh, I felt that. And like yeah. through the breath too, because yeah. like in the cold you're breathing. And yeah, you process it. Yeah. Yeah. And you're allowing yourself to like bring it up. Yeah. But yeah, it's, it's, oh, that's crazy that you had that experience of like just fully surrendering and fully letting go and even your language right like language is so powerful you're saying like when that happens like that and that in itself is just saying that you fully trust that where you are right now is perfect and your journey like it's it's going to happen you don't need to control it anymore you trust that it's going to happen in due time when it's perfect for you and so you can like fully surrender so you can like let go of the reins you're like you're like free again and so you just fully trust and you fully surrender and like I had that like aha moment too where I was like, oh my God, I'm like, I was trying to control and I was like trying to get the guy I'd be like thinking like, how can I get him? You know, like women talk about that too. Like put your claws in him, like get him, like catch him. Whoa, like, catch- I didn't know that actually. <laughs> I, well, I, You're like, in my perspective, it's always like, you know, the guy, you know, goes after the girl, the girl lets him come to Right. Her. Yeah. But yeah. like if you're if you're feeling desperate or like some guys will be like, oh, you know, so they'll talk and be like, oh, he's a catch. Like you better get him, you know, you better get him, okay, you better gotcha. get him to like this or that. And so I was like kind of subscribing to that. And I was like, this is just too much. And like and then also I was attracting you attract what you put out and who you are. Like I was attracting unavailable men because I wasn't fully in touch with myself yet like I was having all these emotional things going on and I wasn't I wasn't emotionally available either probably not probably I wasn't you know like I thought I was because I was like oh I want a boyfriend right like you just want to like fill it you're like look I'm normal I have a boyfriend you know had a girlfriend (laughs) like I'm normal I promise (laughs) yeah like look nothing's wrong with me like I'm all good and I got into a relationship one time with a guy and I was like I knew I didn't even like him and I was like this is just I know it's just so I can be like look I have a boyfriend like yeah. <laughs> you know isn't that weird we it's do that it's so crazy like it's crazy what we do that's why like meditation being in check with yourself and your thoughts and like your intention like like is so powerful because you're like you're gonna just like run yourself crazy just trying to like like people please or look up like look a certain way so yeah, and the whole, like, letting go thing. Like, yeah. when you're saying that, like, to me, I'm, like, letting go. And, like, yeah. as someone who I also identify as someone who's, like, always achieving, and, like, I've been looking at that from a place of, like, like even for this podcast and, like, when I wrote my book and, like, in business ventures, it it is always coming from, like, this altruistic place and, like, this genuine desire to do the thing. And there's a fucking dark part of that too. I'm like, I want to be seen. And like, even like I've been really busy lately and I don't say busy in a negative way. Like I've been filling it with things that actually spark my joy. But even from this relationship (laughs) stuff, I'm like, do I have space for a relationship? Like realistically in my life right now? No, no, no. And that's me who's like always trying to achieve more things. I'm like, wait a second here. Yes. Am I I think I'm very similar to you. Yeah. Yeah. Because I'm like. I had no one. I remember one woman said that she was a dating coach. And because I was like, I don't know what's going on. And I talked to this woman. She was like, do you, are you creating space? Would you even have time to like go to dinner? And I was like, oh my God, I don't, I don't have any space. I realized this when my dad, who I haven't seen like in a little bit and he lived in San Diego, he was like, 
you want to get dinner? And I'm, I'm not kidding. I'm away this weekend. I'm in Austin next weekend. And I have each night, Monday to Thursday, booked from this week and next week. And I'm like, oh, like, where's the time for date night and that thing? Like, fucking nowhere. And I'm like, oh, that's what I want to create. It's like, but I'm grateful like that. I'm like, had that realization. Yeah. I'm like, oh, sweet. So like, I get to choose how I spend my time or at least create the space for something like that to come in. You yeah. Know? And when you're ready, you will, you uh-huh. know, like you will create the space and then, and then it'll just like happen. And I hated when people would always say that like, oh, it's going to happen when you least expect it. Blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, oh, you know, yeah. but it's so true. There is a truth to that though. And that's where it, like, the like you were saying, the surrendering and letting go. Cause when you truly like, that's why, what did I ask you before? I'm like with the Instagram thing, when you have, yeah. cause I, I find this the most fascinating thing is like when you tap into the inner game and, and like meet that inner world, yeah. the outer world always gives you it. But it yeah. always, for me, it comes from that place. The second I stop caring externally, it yeah. shows up. I know. But like this, but if I'm in there and I'm going, is it going to show up? It doesn't happen. <laughs> Even in the meditation, it's like the second I'm like, oh, this feels so good. I'm like, wait, I'm losing it. Wait. It's like you got to just be fully let go, which yeah. is like, you know, I don't want to say it's hard for me. It has been hard for me and I'm trying to like shift that. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. I, I agree. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like trying to be like, I'm like, yeah, I, I totally agree. And like meditation, I think the longer you make yourself meditate, the for right like for me it's like that's why that that guru who was it that said it you should meditate it's like the now. classic like chinese not it's, philosophy that like it's true because yeah. i had a like the the similar experience that you had um with your plant experience i had another again in kundalini but we did a meditation for three hours get out yeah that, that was next level yeah and it was we would repeat this like it's like an eight second mantra over and over and over for and over three again. hours and did you hit like a point similar to the previous one where like you broke through? Yeah, I broke through and I had a crazy amount of energy. Like we, you had to do this thing where you had your fingers like this and you sat there and you of course could lay back if you needed to, but like I didn't lay back once. And it wasn't, and I, and I checked too, I was like, is this an ego thing, right? Because like I get very like ego driven when it comes to like physical things like I'm going to be the best one I'm going to be the fastest I'm going to be like the stretchiest you know and I know I'm like okay no this is an ego thing like I actually just feel fine like I could just sit here forever and I had this like full rush of like like feeling I don't know what it was like God presence or universe presence I just felt completely like held and then I felt like I could just surrender and like surrender my fears and surrender everything and I was like I just felt so relaxed and I felt like love I felt loved I felt trust I felt just like it's just like everything like washed away and it was crazy and I just was like like even afterwards I just was like what just happened like how could I feel the presence of God so much and I used to never even like to use the word God Mm because I was like that's too much or like how do we even really I was such a skeptic like Mm -hmm. how do we even really know like what is God like what is religion what is this what is why is because I grew up in my father was Jewish and my mom was Catholic and so I never understood (laughs) how you could just choose one and I was like but dad doesn't believe that Jesus rose again like mom how do you why do you how so then what's true Mm -hmm. so then I was like well there is no truth then if 
dad believes this, mom believes this, like, mom's like, well, we're just going to be Catholic. And I was like, well, what about dad? And then I was like, what about Jesus? And what about, and I was like, so confused. You're a classic curious kid. (laughs) Yeah. Too much. And I, like, I realized a lot of, I was, I couldn't understand. So I could never just like align with one and be like, I'm fully this. And I fully believe in this. And I'm like, but then there's people who are Muslim and then there's people who are atheists. And there's like, so what is truth? There is no truth. And then I, you know, and then that got me depressed because <laughs> that doesn't feel good. Like, so, yeah. So then when I had that feeling of God, it was just like the feeling of like universe and connection and feeling like, like going from how they say from us to we. Yeah. Which is profound. I've had those experiences too. It's funny. We had a dinner last night with my core team in my company and I asked everyone, I'm like, what, so what happens when you die? Just a classic Jake question. <laughs> Like, hey, how's your day? So what happens when you die? Because, like, I've had a few, like, a handful of experiences where I experienced what sounds like the same thing or yeah. something similar. And it's like and, – and that's – those experiences I love because it makes meditating easier for me because they've yeah. been so palpably strong that meditation for me is a way to get back to that same feeling. Yeah. But it's this place of, like, yeah, it it's like – for me, like, I believe when we die, I'm, like, going back to where I came from. And I don't even know where that is. But it's, like, it's almost like I I don't want to die. Like, I love life and I have a lot of things I want to do on this physical earth. Yeah. And when you tap into that place, like, you're talking about when you had that experience, like, that is the most euphoric, blissful state. Mm-hmm. Like, period. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's no resistance. Mm-hmm. There's no fear. Like, you're just truly being. Like, you're present. And you can, like feel people and you see people with love like you turn to the person next to you and you just want to give them a hug and like the separation goes away because I used to be very much separated and I notice when I'm in in like a bad place like I want to be separate from people like I don't I don't want to like make friends I don't want to like reach out to people I can't even really be giving with people and so it's like that feeling of like connection like oh you are me and I am you and we're here. We're on this earth together. And like it's a total drop of ego because ego wants to be separate. Ego wants to be the best. Ego wants to be like, yeah, like alone. So mm-hmm. it's profound. Yeah, it is crazy. What's it, um, what's Wim Hof say? He says, no, no ego, we go. No ego, we go. Yeah. 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 Dropping from us, us to, or from me to we. And it's, it was interesting because when I first started learning about these concepts, there was a feeling of like losing myself, like losing my identity. It's like, like who am I? But I'm someone who's like this or I'm funny or I like make fun of things and people like I'm, I'm sarcastic. And then it's like, I'm like, well, then who am I? I'm not just love. Like that's not me, you know, Mm -hmm. it's, it's this shift of identity and um and it's like a little scary you're like i don't really want to let go of who i am you know like well i'm the sarcastic guy or i'm the funny guy or i'm the negative guy like i'm the one who's making the joke you know and so it's like how could you ever but people who are like that are very usually very depressed too mm-hmm. you know it, it's funny because i i have the same experience and i actually have been enjoying the duality of it like i, I kind of realized lately i love the fact that i can go to this place where like Jake, my hands, like 
author speaker does not even matter. But then I also like going back into it in a, in a strange way. Maybe I'm addicted to some sort of like uh, achieving thing here. But my question is always like, why is, why is the ego so scared to let go? Like, because on some level, it's this primal, like you see an animal, you know, they don't want to die. They'll do anything they can to live. An animal will do anything. Yeah. And we're like the same way. Yet none of us actually like fully knows what happens when we die or else we'd be like, oh, like this is what happens because I'm dead like you know you have people near-death experiences that's probably the best we can get but if it feels like you know i subscribe to the belief that like i know the next place is in amazing like i truly believe like what's after this life is something beautiful and like but why am i so scared to let go of this identity like why do why are we so you know answer answer my question jacqueline (laughs) that to me is like really fascinating where i haven't heard anyone like explain that part of like because ego has like a negative connotation to it i don't even say it always in a bad way but it's just like a part of us as humans yeah yeah i th- i feel like they he explained it in the in the um the power of now but i can't because he says like the what is it called the something the subtle body oh, no no the ego body oh, i forget that i'm due for a reread it's the been personal like body years. no the some, I, there's a where there's something that he uses. I can't remember now. Yeah, that was like five, no longer, like six years ago, seven years ago that I read that. But I don't know. I can't answer that. What got you into all this? Uh, the crisis I had when I was seventeen, eighteen at college, <clears throat> mm. breaking out in hives and rashes all over my body. Oh, that that yeah. Was... Um, like I grew up, you know, my parents split up when I was younger, and my dad had pursued a job he didn't like to like support our family. Yeah. And I just saw like how miserable he was. Um, and like a couple, a lot of things happened after. And so I had this, like, I always thought deeper about things. Cause I'm like, well, it's not just like, I, it seemed like everyone where I grew up was just like work super hard, like go to college, get a degree, mm-hmm. get that high paying nine to five, like get the wife, get the house and then you make it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, but I've seen what happens if you do this and that does not guarantee shit. Mm-hmm. And I've seen actually negative things from this. So I was always like, but is that really like all this is about? And so then I had my crisis of anxiety and skin stuff. Mm-hmm. And all I knew is I needed to have something completely different, mm-hmm. which led me to topping on a one-way flight to Guatemala mm-hmm. with a backpack, no phone, and three words of Spanish. Because mm-hmm. I, I just knew, I'm like, all I know is I need something so different than this reality that I'm experiencing. Mm-hmm. And that helped me break out of it because I realized that's like the most empowering thing I think about travel and why like for anyone listening or anyone who's in a place of like you're at that anxiety place or like that low point, it's – whether it's a three-hour kundalini yoga experience or you're traveling to a new place or like you're doing a marathon, like doing something that's going to push you out of your current state of consciousness. Like you need to pierce it. And so for me, in a way, like the skin and anxiety was a blessing because it like pierced my consciousness to a point of like you need to do something different. Yeah, it's waking you up. Yeah, and if you can view it like that, like I wish I would have, I wouldn't change a thing. I'm like it would have been nice to go through that in less than seven months of, physical pain but it happened in the time it happened yeah i mean you're yeah these lessons come to us to show you the exact opposite like i felt powerless just so that i could that was like my rock bottom and then i realized how powerful i actually am and then like your power like skyrockets you know like the belief in yourself so these lessons come to us to show you the exact opposite you know if you're if you want if you want to take if you want to take that some people don't and that's okay too Mm -hmm. you know like I never I never think that like when people 
Like, I'm not dogmatic about anything, really, because everyone has their own journeys. And, like, I read – I need to finish it, but I was reading Journey of Souls. Like, your soul even has a journey, right? Like, some souls on this earth might be older than others. Like, maybe some here are just our babies in, in souls. Like, their soul is – in some souls – you know how you say, like, oh, they're an old soul? Yeah. Like, it's crazy that we have these phrases that we say, but yeah. we don't, like – Know the What does that actually mean? But, yeah. yeah, the magnitude, exactly. And that means that they, they're an old soul. Like, they've been to this earth before. Like, they know things. Like – how does this person know these things? Like, why are they so wise at such a young age, you know? And um, so I I think I'm really conscious of that. And I and I didn't used to be conscious of that because I remember, and I, I think there's a very intuitive, empathic side to myself where, and I, and I shut it down. I shut it down because I remember in high school, I remember thinking, because I used to tell people exactly how I would feel about them or like, I could see immediately what was holding people back, like from a very young age. And I remember I'd go home and I would tell my mom and I would say like, yeah, and I told her this and I told her that. And now like they don't want to be my friend anymore and I couldn't understand, but I thought I was helping them because I would be able to like say, hey, you're doing this. Like don't like stop like stop lying like that, you know, like you're totally lying or like that's – and I would tell people the truth and then I realized like this doesn't – this doesn't make me friends this makes me very alone and so I like shut it down and I realized like oh and I remember especially when I went to college I thought it was the craziest thing because I went to really small schools from like grade school and high school like really really small like 30 girls in my class and I went to USC and it was like huge and it was crazy this whole thing that people did like in the sororities like I would um I joined a sorority, but I remember it was, like, uh, how the girls would just be, like, hi, how are you? Like, hug and kiss and all this stuff. And I, like, immediately thought it was genuine. And then you realize, like, oh, this is so fake. Like, everyone's so fake. Like, what is this game that everyone is playing? And then I, like, I, like, had to, like, start playing this game. And I – because I was so honest. I'd be, like – what like you don't even like me like I would people would always joke and be like oh my god you can always know what Jacqueline's thinking because of her face and like she's telling you exactly what she thinks and so I had to like kind of mask that and I realized like I and then so now it's like people say like oh you have a resting bitch face and I was like well it was like to protect me you know so that no one knew what I was thinking anymore and like and it yeah, like to survive and like so no one knew what I was thinking and also I thought people were as in tune to people as I am, but they're not. No. And yeah. so then I became overly self-conscious because I was like, oh, they know, like they can see or they see right through me. And I was like, oh, no, I can see right through them, but they can't see right through me. And it's just like this whole thing that I discovered that I like kind of shut down in order to like protect myself and also to like not be rejected by people. Mm-hmm. Which is interesting that I just like kind of started putting together in the last like couple of years. Because it, it's it's a superpower for you if you actually think about yeah. what the reverse. Because like let's say you're seven and you're like, Chrissy, like you're kind of a bitch because like Tommy's <laughs> mean to you and you take it out on everyone else. Like you could say that and then she wouldn't like you. Yeah. But like if you change like, hey, like it looks like this person's being mean to you, but like you shouldn't let them be mean to you because then that might affect how you treat, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. But like your ability to see that and I really resonate because like, are you like a ENFJ if you've ever done that? Oh, um, are you an ENFJ? Because I feel like I'm very similar to you. Like I have a, a lot of similar like 
I've always felt the same thing. I'm like an empath for sure. I can like, yeah. I like feel and see, but um, it's just, if you can like are, say that to people yeah. and sometimes it's hard because it's like, this might not sit well with you, but I genuinely believe it will serve you. Like that's the, I think the part where I struggle with, I'm like, I know if I told this person this, I see a blind spot. It's so obvious to me. Yeah. But I don't want to hurt your feelings. But if I said that, it would actually like improve this person's life. Yeah. And it is a superpower if you choose to use it. Because like right. you're right, not everyone has that. Yeah. It's true. And and I've um what I had to do was I had to learn how to say it tactfully, to say it in a way where I had to like prime them in a way that they could hear me because like their ego right shuts me out immediately like I'm not going to actually get to them like their ego shuts me out and like they're like I'm done with you mm-hmm. and so and then I also had to reprogram my head of like okay this is going to help people this is like I'm not wrong for saying this anymore like I'm not going to be rejected um and so I was going to say something else I forget but that was yeah just like learning how to put like words around it where they can actually hear me and and remember that like when I when I when I, what I see about them is true but this is like gonna help them and then but then you feel like oh well who am I to be doing this and then you start to have that conversation because people are like who are you to tell me this because that's mm-hmm. literally what people say you know and you're like why do I have this fear and you're like oh because like that's what people have said to me yeah <laughs> and then so now I'm like okay it's better to be a people pleaser that's easier to go about life that way yeah but then you don't get what you want in life yeah this for me like the thing that we call it say the thing like me and like my business partner our friends where it's like like the thing that's bubbling that say the thing and like when i'm the more i surround myself with people who are committed to like super like transparency we're like what is transparency it's all relative like this is like so transparent in our communication that it inspires me to do the same and then i think it comes back to like I mean, you're like one of the top people with emotional intelligence. Like if you come from the right intention and then frame it in a way so you're not attacking the person. It's like, hey, like I just wanted, like I noticed this and because like I care about you, I I just wanted to share this. Yeah. But it doesn't feel like a slap in the face. Yeah. Because I'm the same way. Like I do not like confrontation with people. Yeah. So the last thing I want is like to start something. I'm like, dude, I'm trying to help you. But like sometimes the truth like might not, like I would hope. That my friends or like you, if you saw something in me that was gone wrong, like you said it to me. Yeah, yeah. Even if but it hurt me. That's how we are. Yeah. Not everyone's like that. Yeah. Right? Like some people don't want to know. But you know, I, I genuinely think people do want to know. It's yeah. just that they put up a, like I have friends and they get like, I could see they're reactive, but then it's like four months later, they'd be like, thank you. Yeah, you know? that's true. But you're right. It's everyone yeah. reacts and has different. Yeah, I guess some people are like seeking it. Like we're like seekers of it. And then other people are like they hear it and then you they register it and even for me too i've heard some things like feedback where i'm like immediately defensive like big time so much in my life and then i'm like oh okay yeah they're right or not not right like right like you don't want to be like right or wrong but it's like okay this this could be this could be a truth this could be like a possibility like Mm -hmm. am i doing this is this not serving me well and um it feels it feels really good though like when when um i notice when i'm not in like fear when i'm not like like worried about like what are they going to say or what are they going to think like i can i can think very clearly and i can i can help people and that's why i think like when i was doing like a talk or something like that like i get so in my head about like what is every single person going to think because i'm like 
so like I'm in tune with people's reactions their facial expressions like their body language like I always give feedback on body language like I can see I can see like exactly what they're thinking like in their hands or in their gestures like it's crazy and like and, and so I see it in every single person in the room and I'm like oh my god I have to like it's it's overwhelming and I'm like I have to like get that out that's this is not I, I can't be constantly like on edge about every single person's response but it's a good lesson for life right like I can't be worried about every single person's response to me yeah I find it sort of not funny but interesting because it's like coming from you who who has half over half a million Instagram followers and like I've always wondered this too because I'm like if I feel that and I'm don't have that many followers in comparison but it, yeah, it's it's interesting, like, you know, what what would you say is like the hard part about having that many followers? Because I think it's easy to look and be like, I want that, I want that, I want that. Like, more is always like this sexy, like, yeah. you know, when I have a million, then I'll be this. Or it's like when I, but there's also like the challenges that come with that. Because then right. for me, I'm like, oh, like, and I hope it's like I have an intention to grow my stuff, and I'm like, well, these. Like, how will this shape how I use these apps? Like, I'm, I'm like, yeah. super aware. I'm like, that could shift, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I, it's the, like, how they always say, like, um, it's going to show, I think it's going to show who you are, really. Like, like people who win the lottery, it's going to show your, your underlying beliefs. Ooh. Like, the people who, all the, the statistics of how everyone who, who wins the lottery all loses it. Like, when I heard that, I was like, I was so fascinated by that concept because I was like, that is crazy that they would just blow it. Like, it's a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity, and they blow it. And statistically, everyone does. Like, that is crazy. Yeah, like, it is absurd. I've read that. It's statistic. crazy, right? Like it's be And the reason is is because they don't identify themselves as someone rich. They've never identified themselves as someone wealthy. They feel undeserving of it. They didn't get it. It was just given to them. They, they, they literally feel so undeserving of it that they just blow it. They just like it's all gone. Yeah. And even though subcon, like they might be like, what happened? Like, but subconsciously, level, like yeah, yeah on a conscious level, they they didn't identify with it. And so it's like the same thing of like anytime like with the followers, right? It's gonna just show more of who you really are. And um, I was like. I, it, then I became I got the fear of I had the fear of like what if I lose it yeah and then that's exactly what happened like they just started to fall and like I was telling someone this and they were like uh, he was like he's like how often do people actually actually unfollow people like it's it's people don't normally do that like like you said they normally mute it yeah so I'm doing something and mm -hmm. I'm like, this is me, right? And it's the fear of like, now you have it, and now it's the fear of can I maintain it? Or what if they go away? Or what if people only like me because I have a big Instagram following? What if people only want to be my friends because I have an Instagram following? What if I'm only on this podcast because I have a big Instagram following? Like, then I'm like, put, then it's really being careful of not putting my whole worth into that. And that's where I, it was a huge lesson in a, a wake-up call when they did start to fall like it just got me checked in again like okay this is not my identity this is not who I am my value is the same at zero followers at over 500,000 like my value is the exact same and so keeping myself in check there because otherwise it's just going to show it's just going to be like put a megaphone on on who you are yeah it's so easy to put it on something external 
And that's why I sometimes feel like it, this is, it's like a cosmic joke where it's like all this is happening so we can do like the deeper real stuff. But it's like, yeah. you know, we're all having different ways where that's like showing up for us, whether yeah. it's Instagram or something like totally different. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, it shows up everywhere. Well, I want to see how we're doing on time because we need to hit a sunset surf. Um, okay, before I ask the last question, we didn't get super into all of the programs and stuff, but like w- there's so much like you're doing videos, tutorials, like you have an app, you're doing the coolest stuff. Yeah. Where can people find you? Um, well, they can go to the app store and find my app, Stretchy Fit. So people really got to know me because I was flexible. I was a dancer. So I started posting those kinds of pictures. Um, but you, with flexibility, you also need to have strength. And so that's where the name Stretchy Fit came from. Um, so if you're looking to increase your flexibility, get into a yoga practice, have meditations, all type of at home body weight training and flexibility training. So that's called stretchy fit. Um, or you can even just look up action Jacqueline in the, in the app store, Instagram. I'm very active there. Action Jacqueline there. You can go to my YouTube channel, action Jacqueline. It's just action Jacqueline across the board. So yeah, if you want to go on this journey of discovering yourself and, really getting in touch with your body and your breath being present then come find me yep and i can attest that (laughs) jacqueline is one of the people you follow and you feel good about yourself after reading her post so definitely check out all of her stuff uh if i ever decide that i want to learn the splits i know exactly where to go (laughs) but it's more than just yeah it's like this like stretching getting into your body like improving your posture i talk a lot about that because you're Posture says it's it's like in, indicative of now you as like I, as up. I sit up. It's okay to slouch though too sometimes, right? Like the variety is good, but your posture actually says so much about you, like the history of you, because your posture is just the sum of your habits. The posture is like even the way you carry your shoulders forward or your chin down or your chin up or it, there's it's it's fascinating too to see like what your what your walking gait tells you about yourself. So it's it's cool so I talk a lot about posture but immediately people think oh I just need to sit upright but there's def I love to go like to that that layer deeper so yeah yeah there's levels levels cool well thank you so much that was super fun I loved where that flowed (laughs) so yeah thanks for being here yeah this was fun really fun hope you guys all enjoyed listening to this um and uh yeah thank you for having me be here Thanks so much for tuning in to today's episode. I hope you enjoyed that conversation. If you found value from this episode and want to make sure you're notified when new episodes are released, please subscribe to the show Curious with Jake Heilbrunn on iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud, or wherever you're tuning in. And if you feel called, please leave a review on iTunes. That would be super appreciated and it allows for others to help find the show. Lastly, I'd love to hear your thoughts on the show and what you found valuable, your takeaways, and what you found interesting. So please let me know on Instagram at Jake Heilbrunn or wherever you feel called to connect. Thanks again for tuning in and I'll see you on the next episode. Stay curious.